0: Welcome to Her Bro, His Sis, a podcast hosted by Sibling Ministers, discussing topics of faith and family. All right, well, welcome to the final episode of the year. Um, Man, I can't believe it's already been a year. Um, This has just been, um, man, this has been just super amazing, super helpful, even for my own soul. Um, I mean, I periodically throughout the year just kind of went back to uh, some old episodes and, um, just a blessing to my heart. Um, I mean, obviously one, because, um, of our relation, um, it's just a beautiful thing, um, to be able to minister together, um, in this capacity. But then, uh, two, just, I mean, the Lord's word has been good. Um, just been some great topics that, um, just over the course of, of time when certain things came up or just kind of needed some, um, kind of the buffer my studies or or whatever the case was just threw that on and man, it was just, uh, just a blessing to my personal soul. So, um, Mm -hmm. man, I've just been just amazed and just, uh, just praise God for what has, um, has been accomplished and even just the fruit that we've, um, heard even from others just throughout this time. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to kind of uh, just finish the year out strong and just, uh, kind of look forward to, to future episodes next year.
1: Absolutely. I keep thinking about the same thing and just still feeding off of, feasting off of um, some of my favorites, which honestly, I think at this point is trial period. Just going to say oh, right yeah. now. <laughs> I was just on that one last and, week. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe not because you were here in person, but maybe so. I don't know. But the content was the bomb. So I'm going to keep it 100.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's why.
1: <laughs> but yes, I am just so. Just amazed and awe at this whole year, and can't believe that we're at the end of the year. Just can't wait to see what's going to be next year. So,
0: let's yeah, get it. Looking, looking to just build. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for the future. So, yes, indeed. So, well, yeah, this one, uh, obviously, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I titled it um, just in light of our love for King James. Uh,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, um, th- this episode is called Thy Will Be Done, and um, just just talking about the topic of sanctification. Um, sanctification for me is a word that um, I've heard a lot about, and early in my um, walk with the Lord, I didn't really know what it meant, because it was just one of those cliche words um, that wasn't really okay. explained. It was just kind of like, well, if you're in here, you got to know what that means, and so...
1: Um,
0: <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, it's just really something that, um, I've always just been around and, and as I began to learn what that meant, um, you know, it really began to take, um, take shape in my heart and in my life and and just really, um, desire to please the Lord in that, um, by his grace. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just remember growing up in church, um, during testimony service at, uh, my grandmother's church. And and one of the things that, you know, all the ladies used to say is, you know, I'm saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy ghost. And, um, uh-huh. I just thought it was kind of like they were saying the same thing um, in multiple different facets. Um, and so I just thought sanctified just meant that they were saved, saved. So,
1: Right. <laughs> <were no> <laughs> um, super saved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so,
0: so yeah. So what are your thoughts or do you have a working definition of uh, sanctification?
1: So my working definition based on is basically uh, another version of what you said with the whole Saved for real type of situation. Um, when you think about even like those earlier thoughts of hearing saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled, um, I really thought about it like, okay, so saved is just saved. Everybody's like, okay, we're saved from sin. We're not going to hell, right? Mm. <laughs> sanctified means, okay, I'm saved for real, which mm. Modern day now, like I can say this that I couldn't say then, means it empowers me to live and show that I was truly saved from what? The world, sin, something. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what I would say is like the, the base level definition of sanctified. Just like it's, it's, it's above being saved because anybody can come to the altar and accept Christ. Salvation is basically accepting the Lord, an introduction to accepting the Lord. But what are you being saved from? And so once you um, take that step, sanctified is being empowered. It's a process of becoming purged and cleansed and just becoming like Christ. It's, that's basically what it is you're becoming like Christ. And that's not something that happens overnight. It's a lifelong becoming, <sighs> you know, it's a lifelong becoming because even in Corinthians, it says that when we see him, we'll be just like him. So this whole time that we're down here, we're fasting ourselves to become more and more like the Lord.
0: I like that. I like that. Yeah. So I would say one of the most popular verses for sanctification, uh, at least from a, not a definition, but I guess just, um, defining, um, the role of sanctification would be obviously first Thessalonians four, three, where it says, this is the will of God, your, your sanctification. So, um, Yeah. I like how you said that it's a a process. Um, and and Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's beautiful. Um, you know, it basically just means that the altar wasn't the end. Like you said, like it's not just, okay, I got saved. Like I got the insurance, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm in, Mm -hmm. um, but because I'm in, like, what does that mean? So, um, uh, yeah, I, I like that.
1: Yeah. So if I can just bring out this first scripture, um, in Thessalonians, I think that's where this whole thing stems from is four, one through five. Um, And I'll just read it in, I think this is amplified that I have. Finally, believers, we ask and admonish you in the Lord Jesus that you follow the instruction that you received from us about how you ought to walk and please God, just as you are actually doing. And that you excel even more and more, which you love to say. You're already Mm. doing it, but just keep doing what you're doing. Keep on on keeping on. (laughs) Pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. For you know what commandments and precepts we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you be sanctified, which is separated and set apart from sin by their definition. That you abstain and back away from sexual immorality, immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose and separated from things profane, not to be used in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God and are ignorant of his will. Mm. Now, I know we just got started. This is a meaty and weighty verse that can preach all by itself. Yes. So I'm going to try. <laughs> My to just simplify it and break it down real, real quick so that you can get on to some more good stuff, but this is just so good. I have to, you know, do what I do normally. So, please do. do. Okay. First of all, (laughs) he says, finally believers. So he's talking to the folk who already believe in the Lord, okay? He's saying that he's imploring you to follow the instructions, which is here, receive, obey, hmm. the instructions that you received from us, because you heard us tell you about it, how you ought to walk and please God. So he's saying, look, we're telling you that we're encouraging you to follow the instructions, obey um, what you heard from us about how you're supposed to serve the Lord and, and please the Lord. You're already doing this. So keep doing that. And then he's saying, as you continue to excel, you're pursuing, okay, a life of purpose, divine purpose, and you are living in a way that pleases the Lord and expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. Mm. Now, that in itself, right, can, can we not kind of look at ourselves and, and pinpoint moments that we lived in a way that did not express gratitude to God for our salvation? Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely positively, right? Then he says, you know what commandments and precepts we gave you with the authority that the Lord Jesus gave us. And this is God's will. God's will is for you to be sanctified, which is simply separated, set apart from sin and that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality, brethren, believers Mm. Mm. that each of you know how all of you, brothers, believers, sisters know how to control your own body in holiness and honor being available for God's purpose and separated from things that are profane and impure. And he's saying not to use your body, not to use your members, not to be in lustful passion like Gentiles or unbelievers who do not know God and are ignorant of his will. So he's saying, you know, God's will is to please God. You know, God's will is to not be um, sexually immoral, to be sinful, to do all these things. So you should not do the things that the people who don't know God's will and God's word are doing. Mm-hmm. So I broke some of these things down, which I'm going to call like Greek connections moments, because when I study the word, like I get deep, 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 deep. So not all my deep, deep, deep sessions are for everybody all the time, but I felt like it was fitting for today. <laughs> so I just want to share some of them from this particular passage here. So when, when it talks about, um, this is the will of God, right? Um, in Greek, that word is telamon, which means what one, the Lord God, has hmm. determined shall be done. So the will of God, your sanctification is what God has already determined what should be done. My sanctification is what God has already determined should be done. The word sanctified itself is hagiosmos, which means that your heart should be purified and your life should be purified. It's the effect of consecration wrought by the Holy Spirit. In John 17 and 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy word, thy truth, thy word is truth. Mm -hmm. So we are sanctified, purified, cleansed by the word. In Ephesians, it says, Now you are clean by the word that I've spoken to you. Um, It talks about the washing of the water of the word, right? Um, Abstain is apechomai. It means to separate from profane things and dedicate to God. So when you are a person who comes from um, not serving God and now you're into the marvelous light, you're, you have given your life to the Lord, you had to separate from evil, profane things to dedicate yourself and your life to God. And in that word, to abstain means that you're holding yourself off from something. You're holding yourself back from something and you're preventing something. So if you're abstaining from sexual things, then that means you're not having sex, you're not fornicating, you're not having sex outside of marriage, right? You're holding yourself off from sex. Mm-hmm. You're holding yourself off from alcohol. If you abstain from alcoholic beverages, um, if you abstain from drugs, like you are holding yourself back, you are presenting yourself from partaking of these things. Okay? And the word no, he says, um, you know how to control your body, unlike the Gentiles who do not know God, right? So they use that word twice in the word here, in this passage here. That word know in Greek is I do, I do. E-I-D-O, I do. Mm. So listen to this. Mm. I know, mm. I do. Mm. I should do what I know. Mm. I like so that. So we don't often <laughs> do what we know. <laughs> so and what this, what this translates to is, Be aware, understand, ascertain what must be done about it. So in Greek, no means I do, which means I'm aware of this and I understand it. Then I have to ascertain what must be done about it. So we can be aware of something. We can understand something. But even if we ascertain what must be done about it, we don't always do. I do. What we're supposed to do with what we understand and are aware that we should be doing about it. And last but not least, Mm. (laughs) holiness is hagiosune, which is simply moral purity. So we're supposed to control our own bodies. And the word says that we know how to preserve our own bodies in sanctification and honor. We know what we're supposed to do. Technically, that shouldn't be, uh, well, you know what you're supposed to do for your sanctification. I know what I'm supposed to be doing for myself's sanctification. You know, this is okay for you. It's not okay for me. It's not okay for me. But, it's, you know, it's, some things are just for everybody, period, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But we're in a culture that, well, whatever's for you is whatever's for you. And that's not how it is with God. So I'm going to leave that right there for you. And I'm going to go ahead and pass that buck.
0: Wow. <laughs> So that that no man that was that was deep. I like that. Um, so there's so much going on in verses one through four that I would mm-hmm. love to just really just jump on verse five. Um, mm-hmm. And verse five says, "Not to be used in lustful passion, like the mm-hmm. Gentiles who do not know God and are ignorant of His will." So something that was really like, as I'm seeing the words and I'm seeing you break it down, you you highlighted some things and. You use the word know, which is to be aware, but then also know what to do about it. And it mm-hmm. said not to be like the Gentiles who don't know and are ignorant of his will. So basically, the purpose of separation is because we know better, which means that if we're not doing better, we can't have the testimony of being saved because we mm-hmm. look like the Gentiles, right? So, wow. That, that was super deep to just help us to understand that, okay, we're not just saying we don't want you to be out there, you know, enjoying the pleasures of life and having these, these, uh, these desirous things. But it's because God is saying that when you're supposed to be consecrated and um, holy, that sanctification means to be separate. So I need you to be separate so people can know that you're like me. right So yeah. if you're not if you're not willing to do the things that I'm commanding, it's going to be really difficult for people to discern and ascertain whether or not you're of the faith, right? It says that you'll be enough by your fruits. So this is not her bro, his sister saying, Hey man, we <laughs> you need to stop what you're doing. It, it's saying that God is commanding you to be holy because one, he's holy and obviously we want to be like God. Um, but that is the evidence, like you said, of the salvation. It's not just saying, Hey, I'm saved. You know, thank you Lord for, for pulling me out but that is the evidence mm-hmm. that you're willing to say, okay, now that I am out, now I need to be separate and stay out. Right. <laughs> so when I want to stay out, then we don't even really have a leg to stand on to say, like, what is the fruit of the proof of us being in the faith? If we ain't even want to look like people that's in the faith. So right. yeah, that was, I, I, I like that. It's not just <laughs> knowing better. It's doing better.
1: Um, yeah. yeah I cool.
0: love that. So, yeah. Uh, so, not not to go super, super deep, but just to kind of give a, a quick summary um, of because I really want to get into the practical application of sanctification, but um, we know that there's three types of, of of sanctification. So we know there's past, present, and future. So we know that God um, God sanctified us as He selected us. Um we are currently being sanctified, and that's the process you we were talking about, and then we have this future mm-hmm. glory of of future sanctification. So I, I kind of wanted to to have a practical understanding of sanctification and so I basically put it in three stages so obviously we have the three stages it's past present and future but also three stages of building and so because it's a process where are we at in the process and so mm-hmm. um, our past is we're destroying something so we're um, denying ourselves. We're, we're destroying the old man um, so I guess let me, let me do it like this so three stages of building you have destroy build and settle so think about it as a house so you buy a piece of land um, you're going to destroy everything that's on that. You're right. going to build something and then you're going to now inhabit that. So as we think about our sanctification in the same way, I believe that it falls into those three categories. So um, even going back to that Thessalonians, um, we're to put off our old man. Um, we're now building, becoming more like Christ, which is our current sanctification. And obviously there's okay. a future settlement in heaven, which is when we actually become fully sanctified. So um, just kind of walking through that. Um, Ephesians 2.17, as we think about destruction, um, it says that we were dead in trespasses and sins in in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, but God being rich in mercy Mm -hmm. because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved and raised up, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I know you love that verse. Um, Mm -hmm. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And I think I said Ephesians two 17, that's actually one through Um, seven. But yeah, that's just talking about the fact that we were originally dead. And so for us to now be um, made alive in Christ, we have to leave that dead nature and make a new nature of life. And so um, okay. one of the most popular verses, obviously, that talks about that is if anyone in Christ is a new creation, the old has passed away. behold, old, the new has come. So um, I just love the fact that, um, again, we have to make a distinction that it's not just us saying that we're sanctified simply because we're in Christ, but we have to actually do and practice sanctification Mm -hmm. um, through the spirit of God. So your thoughts on destruction?
1: Well, I love two things and I'm just going to pull it from your first section of Ephesians. And then the second one from Corinthians, um, the first part that says we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. And so clearly everybody has some type of passion of the flesh that we all had a path, no, no matter what it was, you know. For Paul, he was out here, um, self-righteous, persecuting and killing Christians, you know. Um, Peter, you know, he was out here. Matthew, he was out here. Like, a lot of them had a past, a testimony. Um, and so it says that, in Corinthians, the one of you said, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. If you are in Christ. So out of Christ, you're, you're still the old man. And so outside of Christ, Paul was killing Christians. Paul was persecuting Christians. Paul was doing his thing, right? But once he became a new creation, that's when Ananias was like, I mean, you want me to go heal this man? he's killing Christians. Like we heard about this man. And God was like, no, go. He's a chosen vessel. I'm telling you, he's going to suffer for me, but go and do what I'm saying. He's really, he's really safe. I'm sanctifying, (laughs) you know? Um, So we have to know that God makes us to be a new creation. Um, So the past is the past. We cannot maintain the old man's status once you're in the new creation. And I think a lot of times, you know, people want to try to straddle and do both, but you cannot do that. It you just can't do it. Um, you have to separate from one or the other. And again, it's kinda like that whole you can't serve two masters. You either love one or hate the other. You know, and that was clear as day when we weren't serving God. Like we didn't love God because he says, If you love me, you keep my commandments. We weren't keeping his commandments. So we didn't love him. We could Acknowledge God all we want. We could say the right things and do the right things and, you know, attend church, but attendance and saying grace and saying bedtime prayers doesn't get you into heaven. That's not calling you to glory. Um, living the life for God, a sanctified life for God and turning your life to Christ is actually, you know, showing that you truly are a new creation. So that's what I get from those two things that um, you said as as destroying Cause you shouldn't look anything like the old you as you are progressing in this sanctification mm. uh, journey.
0: yeah that that just takes me to Romans six um, uh, whereas is, is Romans six eleven it says so you must also consider that uh, so you have to consciously think about um, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. verse twelve mm-hmm. let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passion. so you're destroying the power of sin so because of the fact that you're dead to sin it doesn't mean that you're never going to sin again because obviously we're fleshly Mm -hmm. we're 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 prone to sin as fleshly beings but we don't have the power or the condemnation of that sin any longer so if we're if we're choosing to walk as a sanctified um believer in christ then that means that one we have to choose and consider and and reckon with ourselves the fact that hey this is no longer my my lot in life so therefore mm-hmm. I must do something in order to to prove um, that I am in Jesus. So it says, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Yeah, so Lord, beforehand it made you obey it. Uh, mm-hmm. You were a slave to that. Now mm-hmm. that that's no longer the situation and that power is gone. You now have a decision to make because when you're sinning, you're choosing to sin. You're yeah. not bound by that sin, so we can't yeah. walk around and say, "Wow, well, it's difficult. It's tough." Yes, it is tough, but mm-hmm. we have to continue to walk in the Spirit so that we do not obey the lust of the flesh. So, Amen. Uh, I, I love how these scriptures begin. If we're if we're truly about meditating on the scripture, the scripture is clear that yes. There's a problem, but God also provides us a, a solution with every situation uh-huh. that He presents to us. So we have no excuse to just say, "Well, I couldn't do it. I didn't have any help." Uh, the Holy Spirit, right. <laughs> right? I mean, that's all the help we need. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's right. He could do. I mean, you call me. That's all I got. You know what I mean? So that's right. There's nothing I can give you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, are are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to to reign in us um, and and not excuse? <laughs> Uh, or make any provision for the flesh, um, as it says. Yeah. So.
1: And can I say this too, because with you, what you just said right there, you said, I didn't have any help. Okay, time out, because <laughs> <laughs> you, if if the Lord himself doesn't force you to do certain things, why would he force another person to help you do something something mm. else, right? Like, it's about our own will. So, obviously like he engages with our will but he doesn't force you like salvation is a choice obviously he's working in our hearts to draw us but he's not forcing you you're choosing him but he chose you first Mm. right so you didn't have help before when you weren't serving him but now all of a sudden you want somebody to hold your hand like we all individually need the lord's help just to even serve him and obey him anyway (laughs) so it's the spirit that we have to submit to and spirit that we submitted to when we were the sons of disobedience, right? Because Ephesians talks about we were all, you know, um, influenced by the prince of the power of the air. We were all sons, children of disobedience. So when we were children of disobedience, we were yielded to that spirit that is still at work in the current children of disobedience. Now we are no longer them. We are sons of God Um, because as many as received them, he gave him, as many as received him the, to them, he gave power to become the sons of God, right? right. So if we receive his word, which is, he is the word, and the beginning was the word, the was with God, John 1 and 1. This is all in there, the whole book, read the whole chapter. But the whole point is, it's a choice. And so like you're talking about all this with the sanctification, these are things that we have to engage ourselves to do. So again, when you know uh, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, those are things that God is telling us that, that we have to have with our walk of faith and that whole word no i do in greek um this is something that you have to practically do some things about so in ephesians 5 26 27 when i referenced that scripture about uh being sanctified and cleansed with the washing of water by the word that he might present to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but it should be holy and without blemish well the greek connections in that situation right there when we're talking about sanctify that he might sanctify us, hagiazo, is to purify internally by renewing the soul to make it holy. Mm. And to cleanse is kathari- katharizo, which is purge, to make clean, purify, and free from defilement of sin or dedicate. So those are things that we have to do ourselves. You know, when we're cleaning house, we're getting rid, like, actual naturally cleaning our house. Um, when you have to purge things and get rid of things, you are physically doing the work. You know, yes, you can call somebody. Yes, there's cleaning services, but at the end of the day, it's your house. And at some point, you can't always call somebody to come over and clean your house. At some point, you have to get in that closet. You have to get in that room. You have to get down and dirty, and you have to go through the things and clean out your house. Mm-hmm. And so that's the same thing with ourselves. And so, again, just... Uh, couple gunshot scriptures, 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. So he's not just talking to them saying, y'all cleanse yourselves. He's saying, let us, all of us, dearly beloved brothers and sisters, cleanse ourselves. So brother and his sis, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Um, Again, 6 and 17, 2 Corinthians. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So when you're looking at perfecting in Greek, it's to accomplish, it's to complete, it's to execute, it's to fulfill further. Come out from among. Coming out means leave a place of your own accord, forsake an assembly of, escape. So when he's telling you to come out from among them, what is he talking about? Come out from among the world, the unclean things, those defiled things, the things that are causing you to to stay in the same place that you were when you were the old man. Um, He's telling you to leave a place of your own accord. By your own desire and your own will, you need to be willing to leave. And you need to forsake assembling yourself. That's the only time that the word of God encourages you or anyone else to forsake an assembly of something. Mm -hmm. Because it's not believers. (laughs) Okay, It's to say, come out like you're running for your life because you are escaping for your soul. And then he says, be separate, which is aphorizo, mark off from others boundaries to limit and set apart for some purpose. So you have to separate yourself and say, look, these are what I can and cannot do. You have to make some limitations. You have to be intentional about the purpose of why you're setting yourself apart. And then he says, touch not the unclean things. my to cling to. Do not cling or fasten yourself to something. Um, the unclean things. So don't cling to those things. Don't hold yourself to those things. So the Levites used to have this practice of not fellowshipping with heathen practices. So back in the Old Testament, to touch not unclean things, that was a Levitical practice of not having fellowship with the things that they saw the heathens around them doing or the, the pagan practices. Okay. And then he says, be separate. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But um, what he's saying is to be made, to become, to be fulfilled, to grow and begin to be. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But what are your thoughts on that so far?
0: Mm, There's a bunch. Uh, (laughs) um, So um, when you began to talk, the Lord kind of was uh, pointing me to Hebrews 12. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is just becoming one of my favorite words, therefore. (laughs) Um, But he says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. So we were talking about, you know, that we're we're looking for help and all of that. Um, And let us run with endurance. So there's that, um, you know, that journey, that run, that uh, come out, um, Mm -hmm. if you will, and chase something else. um, The race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So not looking to the left or to the right, but looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary. and lose yeah. So if he can endure the cross when he had no business on that mug, mm-hmm. how can we not deal with the, the, the minute sins that we have in our life? I mean, yeah. it, there, there's no comparison to right. what he endured. Innocent for us to say, well, I, there's, I mean, we sin so much. And, and it's so... I was going to say humbling, but that's that's the wrong word. Like It's so sobering, I guess, if you will, uh-huh. um, to think about the fact that how much sin is put before us each and every day. I mean, from what we're looking at to yeah. idleness to... I mean, things that we don't even necessarily consider sin. And definitely the world doesn't consider sin, right? Yeah. That's normal. Um, but in Christ, we are called to let that go i mean just just flat out i mean we can't make excuse and and again i'll go back to that you know not making any provision for the flesh like we can't make an excuse for those things that are so easily influenced by us right i mean Mm -hmm. we know what the word says when it comes to like i mean you're saying words that are are stark contrast like Come out from among them, be set apart. I mean, we're we're talking about ripping the bandaid off and saying you're over here and you're over here. I mean, that there's just no distinction. I mean, obviously we know okay. that uh, when God chose the people for Himself, um, you know, what does it say in, in in the New Testament that you know we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, um, you know, we're, we're aliens. I mean, we're, okay. we're foreigners. There's such a distinction to the body of Christ that that's not just for. The the purity of it, like that's not just well because they're Christians, they're set apart because we are Christians, because of our identity, there are things that now practically take shape in that position. So it's not just oh well, you know, they work at Walmart, so they wear blue and and they have yellow name tags. I mean, yeah, that's one thing, but when you look at the whole circumstance of, of our Christianity, it's not just hey, we're now just going to say, hey, you're David, the Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's Mm -hmm. so much more that goes with that, that we have to recognize that we do have to look different. There is a, you can't say that that something's set apart and it doesn't look different from the rest of them. I mean, you can say, well, why is that person over here and this is over here? Well, because there's a a distinction with this individual over here. So that's what we have to understand, that there has to be a defining line to our salvation. Um, yeah. and, and that's what I, I think I'm, I'm pulling away from it the most. Um, there's another scripture that I have wanted to read um, and we've kind of moved into the build um, is uh, Jude 20 and 21. And it says, uh, but you beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So, it's a progressive build. Um, it's not just, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm in the faith, but it's building yourselves up in your faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not just enough to say, I'm in, I'm in the club, I'm exclusive, but what makes you exclusive the benefits of that? And what, how do you mm-hmm. receive the benefits by being obedient? Right. Um, and yeah. so, um, yeah, that's kind of what I was taking away as you were talking about that. Um, and then lastly, I won't really get into that particular passage, but um, one thing that I've really been studying is John 15, you know, abiding in the vine and you yeah. the word purge. Um, what okay. does he say? He says, I purge you so that you bear more fruit. So even in that, yeah. the element of sanctification is that I'm even removing things from you as I'm telling you to remove mm-hmm. things from yourself, right? Because that's how you bear more fruit and that brings glory to me when you bear more fruit. So I want you to be fruitful. Therefore, I'm asking you to come out from among them and I'm going to purge you and bring you to, to trials, even. And we've Mm
1: -hmm.
0: talked about trial period, but that's for the benefit of perfecting you in your faith so that you have more endurance and steadfastness, but also that brings glory to me. Right. So um, yeah. And that's, that's, again, we can give tons of homework. Um, So I know you you said read John, but yeah, revert chapter 15, because there's so much, especially if you're, if you're struggling with sanctification that's a beautiful passage to just say abide in the vine because it says apart from me you could do nothing right so yeah you can't be sanctified apart from christ right <laughs> because that's right. if you don't have the holy spirit that's that's enabling you like you said um to be uh separate and to um be perfected then yeah you're not gonna be able to do it in your own strength and i i can't give you the holy spirit and i'm nobody so <laughs> i'm i'm in the same boat as you you know and so art like you said forsaking the assembly it says in, in hebrews that we are to assemble ourselves because we're to be encouraging one another. So my job is to be an encourager, um, to, to kind of help um, fuel and propel you for the job that God wants you to do, for what he has for you. Not to say, hey, I'm infusing you with the Holy Spirit so that you can go do what you need to do. I'm yeah. on the same journey as you are. So, um, yeah, it's such, such, a, such beautiful points that you, you brought out with those
1: words. So the only other thing I want to add is this thing here, because you already mentioned it twice when you you talked about the verse that says, make no provision for the flesh, right? To fulfill the lust thereof. Um, Why? Here's the thought I have. Mm. We make provision for the flesh so that the flesh can have its way. But what the Lord wants us to do is make provision for the spirit so the spirit Mm. can have its way. Mm. I literally just thought that, as you said it the second time, like, Make no provision for the flesh so that the flesh cannot fulfill what it wants to fulfill, right? Basically having its way. But why are we not making provision for the spirit so that the spirit can have its way? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's that's powerful, even even for me. Like when I when it dropped in my spirit, I was like, Wow, that is so deep.
0: And that just takes me to Ephesians 2.10, you know, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we, when you think about a creator, um, obviously God created us. He knows what he created us for. So he, Mm -hmm. if, if it is his will that we are sanctified apart from him, we cannot produce those good works. So Mm -hmm. not only does he want to perfect those good works, we he also wants us to walk in them, <laughs> right? So there's an activity that comes with that sanctification. It's not just enough to say, "Yes, God, I'm created for good works." Thank you, Lord, for for making me uh, somebody who has a calling and um, a purpose. Yes, there is a mm-hmm. purpose, but also you got to walk in that purpose, right? What does it say in, in yeah. Ephesians 4:1? Walk worthy of the calling with where, wherewith you you were called. So there is an activity to us living at the sanctification. Again, we're talking about building. So, um, it's not enough to just to say that we know that all things work together for the good. We know these things, but yet we're idle in the fact of actually walking out those truths. Um, which again, I think we talked about medication, I don't know if medication, meditation. Rather. Um, I don't know if that was last month or not, but, um, again, when you, and I think you said washing with the water of the word, like if we don't put that in our heart, so was the saying Psalm 119. Um, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if we don't have the word in our heart, how are we going to truly live out and know what it is that the Lord wants us to do if we're not meditating mm-hmm. on those promises? So we have to continue to, to sharpen ourselves with the word. Otherwise we're going to fall short of living out the word. Right. <laughs> because I mean, yeah. obviously everything that we're, we're speaking about is the Lord and his word. Um, so if we don't have that in us, how can we even be obedient to that? Because like you said, hear, receive, obey. So if you're not hearing and you're not receiving it, then you can't be obedient to it. So you got to get that Mm -hmm. in you so that you can be obedient. So, um, yeah, I I love how all these topics are kind of just coming back full circle. Um, and it's fitting that it's kind of the final episode that we're kind of, kind of re rehashing all of this, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so I know we got some good stuff coming up, so let me just kind of close this out. Um, the third point. So we, we went to destroy build and then finally, um, our future sanctification, which is when we settle finally to get our, our home in glory. But uh, that is the only time we truly rest or, or, or settle down. Uh, we will never complete. Uh, we will never be complete um, or be in perfect holiness until we settle into our new bodies. So um, Philippians 1, 6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And um, I kind of posed a question um, on the second point of building. Is there ever a time where we're not building? And when you think about that, in, in terms of our future sanctification, when you're actually settling, it's, it's kind of like retirement. Like you're always, you work every single day until you retire. Like that is the responsibility is you're supposed to work until you decide to retire. Retire, obviously, another word for retire is to to pass on or to cease. So until we are in glory, we should always be working, right? So right. that is sanctification. So if we're not working what are we doing? So if we're still here on this earth, there should be a work to be done. There should be a purging to be had. There should be a yeah. trial to endure, right? There should mm-hmm. be something that is is happening within us. We're still running the race, right? Going back to Hebrews 12. We're, if, as long as we're here, like we're still on the track, right? So that means that we have to, to, to lay inside every weight and continue yeah. to run. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah, what are your thoughts kind of as you think about just that, um, that thought, but then also just future sanctification?
1: Well, it's true because, I mean, when you look at like the patriarchs, all of them that were up in age, you know, they were literally on mission until the very, very end, you know, Moses on mission till the day, you know, Um, Joshua, Abraham, Joseph, like so many people, the, the apostles, like the disciples on mission until the very last day. Like if they were in prison, they were still on mission, writing the letters for us to read, ministering to the saints, you know, um, getting the word out. They were still ministering. Like their ministering did not stop. Their trials did not stop. Their uh, tribulations and afflictions did not stop. Like basically it just is part of this earthly um, situation. You know, like we, that's our portion on life. You know, he said that through much affliction we will enter the kingdom of heaven, but um, there's just so many things that like all of those things play a part into our um, our role or our purpose in this side of glory until we get there, because those things glorify us, you know, those things, the fires of affliction, purify us, they refine us, Um, they help to prove our faith, you know, they help to um, shape us. So yeah, I mean, that's basically what I'm getting from what you're saying, because literally until the very last day you know we are going to be if you're really pursuing this uh, life like it like we had mentioned in a few comments before it's a pursuit of purpose in Mm. living in a way that expresses gratitude to God until the end Um, so I mean Stefan when he's being stoned he was still on mission praying for those people like forgive them they don't know what they're doing you know and he was preaching to them prior to them killing him Mm. you know so to the end We have to stay on mission. We have to stay pursuing God. I mean, that's just what I get out of it. Yeah, I like
0: that. I'm I'm really excited about this next piece when you talk about um, how we get to that in practical application and what it means. Because I know you've been breaking down words all all, uh, this entire (laughs) segment, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, just kind of just continuing that because now we're going to kind of nuance it a little bit um, and, and really just get down to the, to the brass tacks of it. But um, yeah, just, just kind of uh, just bless us with this next part here that you got.
1: So one of the things that I was blessed with in preparation for this, and I was literally just in meditation in so many um, different moments, but one particular day, God blessed me with this whole thing, this concept of be versus is. And so when you think of God, um, every reference to God, every reference to the Lord throughout the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, it just says who he is, what he is. Hmm. You know, I am this, I am that I am. He is holy. He is righteous. He is perfect. Um, And so in other passages, which we will read a couple, Matthew 5 and 48, it says, be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. First Peter says to be holy, even as I am holy. So he's telling us to be something because he is something. Hmm. So I thought about, uh, he showed Mm -hmm. me this thing about let there be, right? Let there be, when he created, let there be light. There wasn't light. And so when he spoke that it should be, it became so creation responded, and whatever he spoke had to become what he said it had to be. <sighs> Here's the other mm-hmm. component that just blew my mind when he gave me this piece was humanity is the only thing that doesn't always cooperate with God when he tells us to be something. We don't automatically mm-hmm. do it. So in creation, he said, let there be, and it was. When you read Genesis, you can read it on your own. Most of us have already read it, so we know. He said this, and it was so. He did this, and it was so. Um, But when he tells us to be something, because we are the only thing he created that has a will attached to it and a mind that can agree or disagree, creation didn't have a mind to say yes or no. It just had to respond and do what God said to do. Hmm. For us, he tells us to be something, but he expects us to cooperate and he gives us a will that can say, yes, Lord, I will, or no, I will not. So we're commanded to be perfect. So as Matthew 5 and 48 says, it's be perfect, growing into spiritual maturity, both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your father in heaven is perfect. So people always like to say, nobody's perfect, nobody's perfect. What he needs, what, what you're saying is, say nobody's perfect is this okay nobody's ever sinned nobody's ever just lived a perfect life duh we know that we're not saying act Mm. like you've never sinned before because ephesians already told us that we all have sinned ephesians already told us that we all have had a past the bible clearly says that all have fallen short past Mm. tense have fallen short Mm -hmm. and come you know we do not meet the you know requirements of the glory of god but this is saying now i do command you to be perfect now Okay, I'm commanding you to grow into spiritual maturity in your mind and in your character. This is perfection in God's eyes, actively integrating godly values into your daily life. If you do these things, as Peter says, you will never fall. But if you do these things, you will be perfect Hmm. now. So, yes, you can be now because God said he's not going to say you can be something that you can't be if he says you can be it. But you choose not to to agree to do it. Because, again, Amos 3 and 3, how could two walk together unless they be agreed? Hmm. So if you don't agree with God and his will and his word, then therefore you cannot and will not be perfect as he is perfect. Which, again, we said that we will see him as he is when we get to, as you said, the future settled in heaven. We will be as he is because we will see him. As he is, will be like him. First Peter one and fifteen says, Live as obedient children of God. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your ignorance, before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. Mm -hmm. So this references what you have already said. But like the holy one who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage, because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. So again, God is telling you to be something that you can be if you agree and align your will with his word and what he's saying to do. So again, let me just summarize this part. Don't be conformed to the evil desires that govern you in your ignorance. So when we talked about earlier that the Gentiles who did not know God, we were once those Gentiles who did not yeah. know God. But mm-hmm. he's now telling you, don't be conformed to, as Romans tells us, this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. OK, the requirements and the transforming power of the word you learned from the word of God. But like God who has called you, be holy because he is the holy one be like him. He's saying to be holy in all of your conduct, which means if you're holy in all your conduct, you're perfect, right? mm -hmm. He says, be set apart from the world by your character and moral courage because it takes moral courage to be set apart when nobody else wants to do the right thing and you're choosing to do the right thing. And he says, because it's written, you shall be holy because I said it. It's written because I said it. So therefore I said it because I am it. I don't have to be anything. God doesn't have to become something because he already is it. Mm. So, the Greek things I'm going to pass the buck after this is this. This version of be is estomai, which means to happen or to be present, which will be, shall come to pass, what will follow. In other words, be is coming, Mm. which means that you will be because you are becoming. Mm. Okay. Is is estai, which means consist or remain. So God simply is because he is God and he remains God. He always has been God and he always will remain God. And he says that by him and through him, all things consist in Colossians. So perfect is teleos, which means mature, consummate human integrity and virtue complete in various applications of labor growth mental and moral character so that's what he's requiring of you to be perfect now not saying that you have been perfect all your life not saying that you were perfect from birth because no one in creation has been perfect from birth except jesus himself okay holy is hagios pure, morally blameless, and consecrated. And you can be morally blameless. And do you know why this is? Because when he forgives your sins at salvation, he wipes the slate entirely clean. And then every time that you fall and you come to the throne of grace for forgiveness, He erases it and throws it into a seed of forgetfulness, and he does not remember the record anymore. Hmm. The reason why the record is remembered is because the accuser of the brethren, Satan, the devil, comes to remind you and tries to remind the Lord of something that he already forgot and forgave you for. You feel the weight of the guilt because he keeps reminding you and you keep believing him and listening to his voice more than the voice of forgiveness. When God says, I washed it, I wiped it, the slate clean, you're forgiven. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to keep begging me to forgive you for something I already forgave you once for. Now, the only reason why you're asking for repeat forgiveness is if you keep falling for the same stuff. But Mm. if you did the thing one time and you keep asking him 25 times to forgive, he's not like humans. He's gonna forgive you if you genuinely meant it the first time. So, that's what I have on the D versus is. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, so a couple things uh, they connect, but I, I have a question rhetorical, yes, but you can if you like. Um, so when it says be holy, is it possible that people say that? those who actually desire and and take an active role in their sanctification. Do you think that they say that they're holier than now because they think that it's impossible to be, be perfect? I
1: absolutely think that.
0: Because, so I guess I would challenge those individuals because obviously, again, you said that when God says be holy, obviously he wouldn't tell you something that is impossible because obviously he's saying be something, which you said, be is something that will come to pass, right? Absolutely. So, in other words, he's saying you can be holy, partially because it's something that he's commanded and called you to, um, which we already talked mm-hmm. about that in the Ephesians passage. But I would challenge those people who think that way to go back to Matthew five forty eight, where it says, "Be perfect," and mm-hmm. change the 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 tense of how you say "perfect" to "perfect," because. Mm. If you think about the fact that it's impossible to be perfect, you'll never try because you think mm-hmm. what God is asking you is a contradiction. But if you think about it, because I think in the, the Amplified it said growing into spiritual maturity, maturity both yeah. in character, that's to mm-hmm. perfect something. Obviously, it's the same word. Um, mm-hmm. But if you can think about it in that context, that because you're not, you have to perfect perfection. Whereas yeah. God already is perfect, so you're becoming like him, which you would never be in complete perfection, obviously, until glory again, which is the final stage of sanctification. So you're perfecting perfection by walking into to maturity. So again, when you say that, you know, we're, we're going to sin, right, we're, we're fleshly, all of that, you shouldn't still continue to be in that state of sin, or you should be progressively walking away from that. So you should look, so let's say if you if you smoke. And I think we might have said this in a different um, episode as well, but let's say you smoked a pack a day and you're just like, man, this is just something that I just I need to get rid of. And and it's an addiction and whatnot. If you went from one pack to one a day, I mean, you're going to see a progression. Right. And and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that you should just continue. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that if your sin looks the same today as it does a year from now that's not perfection. (laughs) Right. Right. And so we, we get to the point where we just say, Oh, well, you know, the the Lord's working on me. Like we, we kind of, we make an excuse for sin because we say, well, we're not perfect, but God is calling us to perfection, which means that we can be perfect, which means Mm -hmm. the only way for you to be perfect is to think upon him and to have your dependence upon him in the spirit, because you're not perfect. Right. We, We already know that. Right. Apart from Christ. But, you're thinking like a Gentile when you assume that you can just sin because you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. That's the faulty understanding of that. And so that's really what stuck out to me is just that perfection is that we have the ability to become something. And so that's kind of what I wanted to define is, is, is to become. And so without object, it's to come change or grow to be kind of like as how you said. So it's to come into form of something. Um mm-hmm. But with an object, um, it's to be suitable or necessary to the dignity, situation, or responsibility of. So I would pose the question, is there ever a time where we stop becoming? Mm -hmm. Because if it says to be holy, then unless we're there, unless we've arrived, and until we get to the point where we are, or we, as you said, God is, until we get to that point, we have to continue to become like something, which means we're always Mm perfecting because there's never going to be a point where we are perfect, which is where... I would agree with them where they say we're not perfect because as long as we're on this earth, we're not going to be perfect. We would be all constantly perfecting, which means we're constantly becoming, or we're conforming ourselves to the image of Christ, which is Romans eight twenty eight, um, that we are to be conformed to the image of His Son. Um, so, if B is the active present tense of the word is, so that means that we are currently trying to practice being is, if you will, Um, and it's coming off wrong, but just stick with me. So Mm -hmm. if be is to exist or to live, and I'm just kind of breaking the word become down and come is to approach progressively, then the definition of that would be to live an active progressive pursuit of something. So if we're to be like Christ, then that means we need to live or exist like Jesus Mm -hmm. actively. So when we think of coming or becoming, the question would be this is, is it I'm coming, which is you're there. You just have to present yourself. So if somebody says, come on, hurry up. You're like, I'm coming, I'm coming. Like they can see you. You're there.
1: You just haven't <laughs>
0: showed up to the point where they are. Or are you becoming where you're pursuing and progressively maintaining that until death do you part. So you'll never arrive, which means you're always becoming, you can't say, you can't say I'm coming unless you're already there and you just have to get to that point. So there's an arrival. Mm-hmm. We have to take the mindset mm-hmm. that we're always becoming like Christ and we'll never perfectly be like Christ because we will never be without sin. So we have to always constantly be looking to, per- to perfect our relationship with Christ, our communion with Christ. There- there's so many layers to our walk that we can continue to become like Christ in mm-hmm. that that's going to be a daily journey for us. We'll never be able to say, oh, I'm here. I've arrived. Lord. I'm-, I- I'm present. Mm-hmm. So we can't say I'm coming. We have to say I'm constantly becoming, um, which is to actively, progressively strive to be like Christ. Your thoughts on that?
1: So I feel like you just took us full circle back to the beginning with <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 4, because with, with what you said about um, pursuing the life, you said actively pursuing or active, progressive pursuit. Mm -hmm. And what we said in the beginning was pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way that expresses your gratitude to God for your salvation. So yeah, this, this is literally like the perfect in the perfect, what you just said also um, brings us back to the second Corinthians seven, one, when we said perfecting holiness and the fear of God. So even if you say be perfected, you know when you said just put perfect instead of perfect. Even if you say be perfected as God is perfect, um, yeah. that in mm-hmm. itself is the same thing of what you're saying because mm-hmm. we're perfecting holiness in our lives. You know, as it says to let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. We're perfecting holiness by cleansing ourselves from filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. And again, um, like you're saying, to the Greek definition that I shared earlier. Um, that word epitaleo is to take upon oneself and to fulfill further so like mm. you're saying it's a constant progression and it's a aggressive progression but if you're fulfilling it and you're further fulfilling what you're already fulfilling you're perfecting holiness yes. you know like does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah if i'm fulfilling it but i'm further fulfilling what i'm already fulfilling that's a constant daily thing so like it just Substantiates what you're saying that I'm pursuing and progressively maintaining. So I love that. That's how you broke that down.
0: Yeah. And then even just going back to to Hebrews 12, 2, um, it says, fixing our eyes on okay. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so two things are going on there. One is we're fixing our eyes on him, which means we're looking unto him and he's perfecting our faith. So. Mm-hmm. What I like about that is, you know, when, when we think about sanctification and we think about what, we're, what the example is, it's Christ. When you read First Thessalonians, like there's so many um, examples of verses where it talks about imitating. And so if, our, if we're looking unto Christ and if we're to be holy as God is holy, then what is our example? right? What are we looking mm-hmm. at in order to, to accomplish that? So I think about, you know, when I was a kid, I was shooting hoops all the time. I wanted to be like Mike. So what was I doing? He was doing that fadeaway. He stuck his tongue out. Like I was doing those things. So when we think mm-hmm. about what the epitome of of excellence was, we looked at something that was great and then we wanted to emulate that. So when we think right. about salvation, are we emulating the Lord or are we kind of looking to the left or to the right? So if we're saying yeah. that we're going to be perfect, we have a perfect example, which means we at least can imitate something and be a carbon copy of that. Even if, you know, obviously I could do all that and look like Jordan and no one would ever call me Jordan, but they say, man, like that, that way, you got the game like Mike. So at least right. you, again, going back to, um, how we're kind of proving our, our, our salvation, if you will, in a sense is that because I looked like him, people were able to say, man, okay. Like, you know, you got a little skills, you know, you, you, you got the jump shot, you know, you got the fade away, all that. So the same thing in our faith is, are we able to, um, be seen as imitators. And I remember in in the book of Acts where they said that the believers were first called Christians at Antioch. Why? Because Mm -hmm. they there clearly was a distinction to how they responded to what they heard. Um and so they were they were actually able to have a label because of that. Um and so um not not going to be labeled a point in in Thessalonians. I would definitely just uh, encourage you to kind of do a book study if you're if you want more on the process of sanctification. But Um, Just a couple, you know, in in chapter one, it says you became imitators of us. Um, Chapter two, you became imitators of the churches. Uh, You know, it just just continues to go in and it talks about being like something that already was. Um, And Mm -hmm. so that's what God is calling us to. So when we talk about, again, I think a great way to say it is to perfect because we have something that we can look at and say there is a way because God has commanded it and God has shown it to us and God has made somebody come in the likeness of him, knew no sin and was able to now sympathize with us and give us the Holy Spirit to be able to empower us to be like him. So yes, we will never be Christ because Christ was sinless and Christ was divine, but we at least can imitate that because God has commanded us to be holy and to be like him. So um, yeah, so good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wow.
0: So I would just challenge this question as we think about becoming. Are we progressively becoming like Christ? Or are we continuously attending church?
1: <laughs> that's such a good question. And that's something that should be asked on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah. And
0: and I and I believe we've said it before when we talk about hearing messages. It might have been on the reminders and revelations, but what are we mm-hmm. doing when we go to church every every week? We're we're hearing the word of the Lord, which obviously that should empower us to application. Mm -hmm. So if we're not applying that, then we're just attending if it's not doing anything, if we're not becoming something as a result of that, if it's not challenging us to a response, then we're just attending. But if we choose to say, I'm going to take that and walk with the Lord and walk closer to the Lord to be more, to be more conformed to his image, then that's actually doing something in us. And so that is, like you said, a litmus test to, what is our response when we're attending church? And I would even say it this way, uh, you know, especially for, for one that's currently in school and, and constantly desiring. And I know you're zealous about learning and you're always in to study or reading. I know you've got tons of devotions going on simultaneously and you're just a student of the word. And so I would just even challenge uh, the listeners with this. If I'm becoming smarter without becoming more sanctified, something is suspect with my studying.
1: Yeah, that's neat.
0: Because we, we can't, it's not just head knowledge. Like if it's not changing, okay. and, and like you said, hear, receive, obey. So if the obedience is not happening, then there's a disconnect somewhere in the hearing and the receipt. And we, we definitely don't have a problem hearing things. So it definitely is the receipt that translates to obedience. So are we receiving it and then choosing not to be obedient? Or is there a problem with the transmission that we need to, to think about? So if there's not a problem with the transmission and we're just not doing it, that's something we have to definitely guard against.
1: Well, you know, here's my thing too. Is this? It's like, why subject yourself to so many things like church services, other knowledge about the word, hearing the word, watching the word, listening to the word. If you find it interesting enough to attend church, enough to listen to it, enough to watch it, why is it not compelling enough beyond you listening to it to apply it? If it mm. keeps, up, if you have a routine of still doing it. Cause it would be one thing if you were doing it and it wasn't a ritual for you, but you're posing this question. Cause you said continuously attending church. So you're going to church because you have a reason in your mind. Like this is my check off the box. I'm a good person for going to church. Like I think the pastor actually said, I don't know if it was what pastor said this, but it was within the last two weeks. A pastor said they took a poll and that, um, they asked, I don't remember the number of people, but of all these people, they asked them about their church attendance, and they said that they believed that they were regular church attenders, and they only went to church once in four to five weeks, but they considered themselves regular churchgoers. Hmm. So the question was, like, something along the lines of, well, how would you apply that in another setting you know would you consider yourself a member of this if you only showed up once a month or Mm -hmm. whatever the case might be or if you only ate once a month you know would you consider yourself healthy if you only ate once a month and you showed up in your kitchen once a month like so it equated to all these different scenarios of like spiritual health and overall wellness and stuff like that but like how do you really look like what is your purpose of consuming this stuff, even if you go weekly. Forget just the fact that you go once, however, in the blue moon. You go regularly, but you are not serious about what you're listening to. What's the point? (laughs) Hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah, so I would, uh, as we kind of bring it to a close, then think about or parallel that to um, so if you're not becoming then what would be the opposite of that it would be unbecoming. So um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says this, it says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. So if we're becoming like something, that means that we're progressively and actively Because, again, we said be is the active tense of is. So Uh if we're becoming like something, that means that we're actively pursuing that which we're we're wanting to be like. So if we don't put off our new self or I'm sorry, our old self, then that means that we're unbecoming, which that Uh means that we would not progressively be doing that or we would Uh be in the reverse not being progressive or not doing it at all uh, which means mm-hmm. we're not in the form of what it is that we're supposed to be which then would challenge you is are you of the faith um because this says um to put off your old self um and I, and I like some of the words that it talks about your former manner of life it's corrupt and it's based off your deceitful desire so if you desire mm-hmm. um i love thir- psalm 37 4 it says delight yourself in the lord so if you're delighting mm-hmm. yourself in the lord you would be twenty-three, renewed in the spirit of your minds, and putting on the new self, which is created. Again, going back to that, Second um, Corinthians five seventeen, you're, cre- you're a new creation. So you're created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So mm-hmm. you're becoming like God because you're made after mm-hmm. the image of God in true righteousness and holiness. So if you don't have righteousness and holiness as your your backdrop of what you're chasing and pursuing. Mm -hmm. then your corruption will be based off of your deceitful desires, which goes to James four about you're asking for things and you don't receive because you're asking to to consume it upon your own lusts. So if you're lusting after things and you find yourself that you're constantly chasing the pleasure of life and you're not pursuing Mm -hmm. the Lord, those two things don't typically mix. Um, And that's what I love about the example of Christ is that when he was on the cross, he basically said, not my will, but your will be done. At some point, when we think about the will of God being our sanctification, is that our will also? I mean, we have to honestly get to the point where we say, okay, yeah. God, do I want what you want? Because if I'm saying not my will, but your will be done, we can't even say the Lord's prayer until we get to the point where we say, God, I'm willing to surrender to you. Because Jesus endured the cross, right? And he's our example. And it says, let's, let the man take up his cross and follow me. And it also says... Um, how does it say it in um yeah and let him deny himself and take up his cross so if we're not denying ourselves, um then jesus had to deny himself in order to take up his cross so if we're becoming mm-hmm. like christ we have to have the same heart to say okay god i have because i've accepted you i've picked up my cross Am I willing to deny my will as well? So we can't pick up the cross but not deny ourselves. Like that, that's, that's twofold, right? We have to deny himself yeah. and take up a cross, right?
1: Uh-huh. And
0: follow him. So if we're going to uh-huh. take that journey, uh-huh. like we got to go all the way to the crucifixion. You know what I'm saying? Again, going yeah. back to six, like being dead in our trespasses and sins. So and it says that we have to reckon ourselves and consider the fact that we are dead. Sometimes we don't consider that because we're like, well, yeah, I can't be perfect and, you know, I can't be holy. And, and we wallow, like you said, in uh, the accuser of the brethren. If we recognize that there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus and we, we wash ourselves with the word and remind ourselves that we have the power to defeat sin. Then when we're not defeating sin and then we're choosing to make an excuse for that and make provision for it, we're not following Christ. So it's uh-huh. real clear that, okay we usually talk about following the Lord. Yeah. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer, but are we willing to deny ourselves? Which means it's not about us, regardless of what uh-huh. pleasure it is that we have. Like it's not about us. And we have to be willing to admit and accept that and take up our cross. So are we willing uh-huh. to die and deny? Right. I and mean, that might be an episode. We can't just do one of them. It says deny and take up a cross and follow me. Like yeah, we have to do Lord. all three of those. Wow. So, um, if that's not if that's not our end goal then we have to really evaluate which one of those we're not willing to do because at some point the lord is not going to answer our prayers if we're not willing to ask in his will because what did he say if you ask anything in my name and yeah. you ask in my will um, I will answer that so it's not just saying i'm gonna mm-hmm. answer everything you ask me for he's basically saying <laughs> whatever's in line with my will i will exactly but so we're not willing to say that I will be done don't even ask because you already asking a mess right uh-huh. so you can consume it upon your love so uh right. it, it comes down to that and i think really that's not something that that's really explained or 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 taught um when it comes to sanctification that we are not our own anymore right and i love colossians yeah. 3 if your life is hidden in Christ, which the assumption is yeah. it is, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Seek those things which are above. Um, yeah. Because your life is hidden in Christ. So if you're mm-hmm. hidden, that means you ain't seen. So your will can't mm-hmm. be done because you, it's not about <laughs> you,
1: right? So we have to get to that point <laughs> okay. where we're saying,
0: okay, Lord, like it's not it's not about me. So, okay, if you didn't want to give that to me, then maybe it's not the best for me and I have to trust you and trust right. that and keep it moving. Because Jesus said the same thing, like, I don't want this cup, but if you believe that I should have this cup, then let your will be done. Right. He didn't have to do that, but he he chose to say, I'm going to submit myself to God. And if that's what we're saying we've done as followers of Christ, then we have to do those other two things, which were first deny first, take up your cross second, then mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right?
1: I'm so, loving this so, so much right uh, now. <laughs> so I
0: believe deny would fall under dis- destruction, take up his cross would fall under, because obviously Jesus walked. Um, down the path, right? So that would be the progressive, Mm -hmm. and then follow me. So you can't even get to the point of saying I'm a believer if you don't want to deny yourself and take up the cross. So I'll I'll stop right there.
1: (laughs) You know what? All I want to just throw in here is just I want to re-put in your mind, replant in your mind something you already put, which was Romans 12, um, because you're talking about denying ourselves. And... That 12 and 1, I mean, 12, 1, and 2 of Romans is almost like literally every single, it fits for every single day, every single episode, every single, every day it works. But he literally is saying, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Hmm. That in itself is self-denial. If you are alive and sacrificing your own desire, your own will, your own wants, your own way, you are presenting yourself as a sacrifice because your obedience. You know, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice, but I I have coined a long time ago that sometimes obedience is the sacrifice mm. because it hurts so bad to obey. Mm. Um, especially when your your flesh doesn't want to cooperate. And so the good, the beautiful thing about this passage when you think about where it's placed, it's chapter 12, it's after six and eight, where he's already talked about what you have already mentioned about your bodies and yielding your bodies and instruments and members to being uh, slaves of sin and all this stuff and unrighteousness, right? So now he's saying to present your bodies, your entire bodies, all the members and appendages of your bodies as a living sacrifice, all of them to be holy all of them to be acceptable unto God. So everything that we've just said, your body to be sanctified and holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, it's the least you can do. <laughs> yeah. That's the least you can do is to present yourself. And so, like you said, once we were bought with a price and we're not our own, we were doing our thing before we chose God. And so we lived as if we were our own, but we weren't our own even then. Because he said that even while you were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So he died for us while we were still out here doing anything, not honoring him, not loving him, not serving him. But he died for the ungodly. So it will be your reasonable service, the least you can do to deny yourself. Like you said in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, looking into the word, um, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He will finish what he started. And you have to take up your daily cross. (laughs) <laughs> okay and follow him and how do you follow him read what he said in the word obey it receive it believe it obey it execute mm. it just do it that it's as simple as that how How do I follow you Lord read what I'm telling you listen to what I'm saying to you receive it agree with me and then execute obey it's that simple
0: yeah I love it I love it Yeah, just to to kind of close it out, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, um, 9-11, it says, Mm -hmm. Do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, were some of you. Mm -hmm. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So all of that was past tense. Um, All that to say that, again, you said we were bought with a price. Um, We cannot sit on the grace of God as if it means nothing. Mm -hmm. We have to be sanctified, not only because it's God's will, but like you said, that's the least we can do, is recognize the, the beautiful gift that God has spared his own son on the cross that we would be denying the power of that by choosing to not walk in this, in the sanctification of God,
1: right?
0: Because it was that sacrifice that enabled and empowered, um, one, our salvation to begin with, but then two, the ability to walk in sanctification. So for us to to deny that by choosing to be selfish, um, Mm -hmm. I think would be, it would be a disservice to our, to our salvation, to not recognize that God deserves so much more from us. And that's again, not to say we need to just act like we're the holiest on earth, but it's not pride to say that we need to be holy. That, that is the character of God is for us to be holy. So it's not saying be holier than, than so-and-so next door. It's to say, this is who God has separated us to be. And so we need to be consecrated and walk in that, not, to say that that means that, okay, we need to, we're not saying it in a legalistic standpoint, but it's saying that there is a standard and a mandate to God's holiness because Mm -hmm. God doesn't play with that. I mean, when you look at uh, Christ on the cross, that was the one time that the Lord forsook him because he bore the weight of our sin and he couldn't be around Mm -hmm. sin. So he forsook him and, and Christ felt that. What does our sin do to him, right? He would feel the same way and sin separates us. So obviously understanding that in Christ, that sin is still ugly and dirty to him. So we have to walk in repentance and restoration yeah. and say, Lord, forgive me. I am a sinner and And bring ourselves back to the cross and in and, and utter dependence. When we choose not to do that again, we will begin to unravel or unbecome if we begin to stay in a state or a period where we feel like that's not something we need to do. So it's something that we really need to take seriously. And and mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say, um, you know, they used to use that term really loosely, holier than thou. Um, and right. I would really challenge that. It's a maturation. So it's not to, to, to point and say, oh, that person's holy than this person, because that's not for us to, to gauge. But uh-huh. it is definitely, a, a, we should be progressively striving to be like Christ. So Let's not put a calculation on it, but are we progressively desiring God? Yeah, if we could say it that way. And if you find yourself again, like you said that, if we're just attending and not really receiving and desiring to be obedient to the Lord, as it says in Psalm 119, that we delight in his laws and his statutes and, and all of that, if we don't have that heart, then what does our heart want? Because if it doesn't yeah. want the Lord or the things of the Lord, the only other exactly. thing is corrupt desires, right? So yeah. Um,
1: Absolutely. if we
0: don't break it down to those two scenarios, I mean, there is no third, it's either you desire the Lord and the things of God. And this is what God says plainly in his word. Um, mm-hmm. and he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. One of your favorite mm-hmm. verses. Um, Absolutely. then he begins to break it down and say, this is what that looks like. You know, add to your faith, yep. such and such and yeah. such and such and such, um, make your calling and election sure. Right. So mm-hmm. if we can say that there is a pattern of behavior, um, then we know that if we're not following that pattern of behavior, then we're following one that is contrary to the word of God and contrary mm-hmm. to desires for us. Um, and so we, we have to really get down to the, the nitty-gritty of that and say, this is real. Like Romans 6 says, do not yield yourself to members of unrighteousness, but to righteousness, because you have died. Um, and so if we're going to claim that we've died, dead is dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody out here resurrected. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> so um,
0: if we're choosing to resurrect, then... Maybe we haven't died, you know what I'm saying? Because you can't resurrect something that's dead apart from the spirit of Christ. So, unless the Lord is is resurrecting that, which He ain't, um, then you really have some explaining to do. So, um, (laughs) much more could be said. Um, Any final thoughts?
1: Man, I'm just blown away right now. Um, And I'm truly amazed that this has not been like a five, day conference in one episode (laughs) like as far as length of time but um I feel like you said it all we've said it all um this was just absolutely amazing to be um as the final episode for this year to really give us a lot of meat to chew on I feel like this is one that can be replayed again and again to really just dive into um the depth of what being perfected in holiness and sanctification really is. And I think it, it makes some things clearer to people. Um, and hopefully they're open, you know, to, if, if you were that person that thought perfection is not um, possible or had that mindset that you were, you're cutting things off. And as soon as you hear that perfect thing, that you're open to seeing it from this, um, vantage point that has been presented today with the word, um, but, yeah, just know that it, it's a godly pursuit, and the Lord wants us to um, strive for those things in him. And we should want to strive for those things in yes. him, not just because he wants it for us. But, I mean, what's the point of having a, a linear um, relationship without progress? I mean, like, what what's your d- definition of progress if, if growth and perfection is not part of the process? So, mm-hmm. I think this is amazing. So I'm always yeah. honored to do this with you.
0: Yeah, and I'll just close um with this verse. Um I've just been staring at this and it actually just hit me. Um Matthew 6:10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Yes.
1: <laughs> that is a mic drop.
0: That is a mic drop. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thy will wow. shall be done in earth as it already
0: is wow. in heaven. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Lord, we thank you. Mm, we thank you so much, God, for just your word, um, Lord. Just making it so plain uh, to us. We thank you for your Spirit that um, just um, just encompasses our our hearts, our lives. God, we um, don't come on this podcast today as um, just self-professed. Um, holiness um experts uh we don't come as people that have got it all together because Lord, we're still here and we're still perfecting lord and um we uh, just come humbly lord if if we came off in any way that um showed that we had the sanctification all, all right then father i pray that that would not uh, be um what is exhibited lord because we're here again as students lord i've learned so much today i, I can't wait to to edit and get back to this where i can just um take some notes on some things that weren't even on the notes father so um, just thank you so much for allowing us to just have hearts of, of humility and submission to your truth lord um, it's our job on this podcast to exposit but it doesn't mean that we still can't be educated father and so thank you for uh, just continuing to to <clears throat> set the standard for us lord that we can um, just continue to learn and grow and i appreciate um, your your holy spirit that is always there to to challenge because uh, your word um, is alive and active father so even as we um, in the midst of preparation uh, might not um, necessarily um, we might have a, a different um, mindset in that position lord but uh, we are never uh, above reproach and so um, father just uh, be with our listeners lord i would pray that this word would just penetrate deeply um, because this is your will father and so lord as it says your will be done Um, god you want us to be sanctified you want us to be holy you want us to be perfect lord your word is clear and absolute and so um, i pray that we would take that um, that approach to those things and that we um, realize that apart from you, we can't do those things. So um, as it says in John, that as we abide in the vine, uh, that's how we bear fruit. And so um, that is the fruit that we're talking about today. And so I pray that if if nothing else, Lord, that we recognize that we cannot do this without you. And so uh, let your spirit, um, in part, illuminate and uh, make these truths real uh, to our listeners today and for our hearts as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Herbro His Sis. Catch your favorite siblings each month as we talk to you, our family in Christ. Want to chat or just stay in the know? Catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Herbro
1: His Sis.